Sefer Bamidbar, Parshat Balak, on listening to one's conscience. Parshat Balak is named for Balak, the king of Moab, who asks a non-Jewish prophet named Bilam to put a curse on the Israelites, hoping to defeat them militarily. But Bilam, rather than cursing them right away, decides to wait overnight for instructions from God, who of course tells Bilam not to do it. <clears throat> Balak then further tries to entice Bilam, saying, I will reward you richly, and I will do anything you ask of me. <clears throat> Only come and damn this people for me. Bilam again nobly refuses and again waits for an overnight message from God. God then tells Bilam he can travel to Moab, but he must do whatever God commands. So Bilam leaves on a donkey to go with Balak's messengers, which despite the permission, angers God. So God sends an angel with a sword to stand in Bilam's way. The catch, only Bilam's donkey can see the angel. Upon seeing it, the donkey is frightened and diverts from the path. And Bilam responds by beating her. As the angel moves closer, Bilam beats the donkey two more times, which leads to one of the Torah's most bizarre insights. The donkey starts to talk. The book of Numbers tells us, <clears throat> Then the Lord opened the ass's mouth and she said to Bilaam, what have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? The Midrash Tanchuma reads another meaning into the three instances, saying she, the donkey, intimated to him, you are seeking to uproot a people that celebrate three pilgrimage festivals in the year. Bilaam's exchange with the donkey in the Torah continues. Bilaam said to the ass, you have made a mockery of me. If I had a sword with me, I'd kill you. The ass said to Bilaam, look, I'm the ass that you've been riding all along until this day. Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And he answered, no. God then uncovered Bilaam's eyes so he could see the armed angel that the donkey had been avoiding. Bilaam continues on to meet with the Moabite king and waits for another message from God. And Bilaam again doing what is right tells everyone that he cannot curse the Israelites and instead blesses them three times. So what on earth was going on with the talking donkey incident? The simplest read is that this was a super miraculous divine intervention that caused the animal to literally talk. The great medieval commentator, Avraham Ibn Ezra, took this view. He noted that Pirkei Avot, the ethics of the ancestors, says that the 10 things were created on the eve of the Sabbath at twilight. And the third of these is the mouth of the donkey. Ibn Ezra explained, I believe this means that God specifically decreed the creation of these miraculous phenomena, for they are beyond the laws of nature. So friends, I'd like to consider two alternative views though. First, by respecting the dignity of all creatures, we can imagine that intelligent animals always have the ability to talk. The miracle was that Bilaam could hear 
what she was saying. But more appealing to me is the idea that the voice of the donkey was actually caused by the voice of Bilaam's conscience. God's opening the mouth of the donkey was, more precisely, an instance of God talking to Bilaam through his conscience, telling him it was wrong to beat her. When we do harm or are about to do harm, there is a voice of conscience that emerges in us. And sometimes we can project it onto others, such as how Bilaam heard the message directly from the donkey because he feels it so strongly. But on the deepest level, that voice of conscience is the voice of God. In fact, it may be one of the most powerful voices of God that we can possibly access. It can come when we feel guilt or shame, and it can also come in a more prophetic sense as a calling to do what is right. However, of course, not every emotion we feel is the voice of God. We have to learn to decipher. It takes a great deal of spiritual wisdom to differentiate between the ego and the divine and between powerful emotions emerging from anxiety and the divine. One translation of Pirkei Avot might be, without wisdom, there is no conscience. Without conscience, there is no wisdom. The Hebrew here is yira or awe. One's expanded place of awe could be deemed one's place of conscience. If we can find a way to cultivate such wisdom, we have the opportunity to discover deeper truths. That's what Bilaam is experiencing there. And that's what many of us can experience in our own search for moral truth. Regarding the importance of this, my teacher, Rabbi Dr. Yitz Greenberg, taught the following. Hermann Rauschening, a close associate of Hitler in his early days, described Hitler's reasoning for his hatred of the Jews. Conscience is a Jewish invention. My task is to free men from the dirty and degrading ideas of conscience and morality. Friends, we wrestled with Stalinism and multiple tyrannies, which claimed total authority and resented our teaching to uphold conscience and give absolute obedience only to God and never to human systems. In honoring the Jewish tradition and human morality, we must remember to constantly turn to our conscience. When faced with difficult, pressing moral decisions, we must search for moral clarity before acting. Shabbat Shalom.